Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. It's a no-pitch email, okay? There's no links in that email at all. Now you're going to be going, well, why send out an email if there's no links? Your attention, please. Please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue strength and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon private label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at Vegas shows. I'm going to be out there with Guillermo. And while we were looking at the shows that were available, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. So this is episode number, I'm guessing episode number two of the uh, AMPM FAQ, uh, the mini series that we're creating. And as always, I am here with Guillermo Puyol as my co-host. Guy, how are you doing, bud? Awesome, man. How are you? I am great. So we get through one question, we get in, we get out. That's the whole purpose of this uh series of podcasts so let's not waste any time let's jump in right now awesome so uh, these questions are going coming straight from our facebook group the amazon fba high rollers so if you would like your question answered be sure to post it there you can also submit it directly to us uh, by going to ampmpodcast.com and ask a question through the website so this one is all about reviews reviews have uh, changed the policies have changed uh, around reviews so it says, if asking for reviews is now against terms of service, how do you get reviews other than just organically? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it's, it's one that a lot of people have. Uh, first of all, asking for reviews is not against terms of service. Right, Guy? Right. There's a specific, uh, the clause is not that asking for a review is illegal, not no longer allowed. You can do that. It's when you start incentivizing um, those reviews, right? You're offering them something in exchange for the, that review where problems uh, happen, where you're violating terms of service. Yeah, I think it's all about the, the perception. So uh, where there was this review sites where the customer is getting a free product or a deeply discounted product, there's almost that uh, reciprocity that kicks in and People feel bad. Oh, I got this product for free. I don't want to leave them a bad review. So if the product is just horrible, they may not leave a bad, uh, a bad review. Uh, they may not leave a review at all. Or uh, they may actually leave a fake positive review. So when, when there's that reciprocity, uh, things start getting skewed in the, uh, in the fake direction. You know, the things are not really how they, they should be. Whereas... If you have a product on Amazon and as part of your follow-up sequence, you're just asking for a review, a customer paid full price, or even even if, uh, a discount through Amazon, something that's generally available. If the product is horrible, they're just not they're not going to feel sorry to leave you a bad review. So that's where Amazon is is changing the the policies. Right. So guys, just to be clear, right? You can offer discounts, okay? Coupon codes. You can do whatever you want, and you can ask for a review through the follow-up process. 
Okay, you just can't make it a condition of that review. So that's that's where uh, the important part is. So, um, and I do it all the time, right? Let's say that you are offering your product at 80% off through a coupon code. You can follow up with that person and through all the people that have purchased um, in, in your email follow-ups and ask for a review. You just can't say, hey, you know, because I gave you a discount, leave me a review. That would not be a good, a good idea. Uh, and since the person asked, you know, what do you do for reviews now, I should probably talk about like the email sequence that I use uh, to actually get organic reviews. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have an awesome uh, follow-up sequence. So maybe go into each email uh, Okay. Why, why it's set up that way. Sure. And by the way, maybe you can uh, give them information on the blog post because we just did a what was it? A one-year uh, selling on Amazon income report is more of an income report for November, which was my biggest month yet. And I go through the the whole email process uh, specifically. Where can they find that? Go to helium10.com forward slash blog, and if you search for income report, you'll you'll find it right away. Okay, so there'll be a lot of detail in that. Uh, more detail probably than what I'm going to discuss here specifically. But um, for the majority of my products, okay, I send out three emails. These are follow-up emails. And I'll use, uh, there's a lot of, lot of systems out there, services that you can use to, uh, to follow up uh, using their program. So uh, for example, I use Feedback Genius uh, and I've been using them for a while. I know the owner and uh, it's a good, good product, right? If you want to use that, fantastic. But I have three emails that go out for the majority of my, my products. Some of them I only send out two. But the way I normally do it, Okay, and again, this is not uh, something that's static. I change it based on what's going on. But email number one is sent out two days after the customers received their product. Okay, email two goes out five days after they have received their product, and an email three goes out ten days after they have received their product. Okay, the first email I send out, it's a no pitch email. Okay, there's no links in that email at all. Now you're going to be going, uh, well, why, why send out an email if there's there's no links? Well. I'm not asking anything for the, uh, from the user other than for them to reply to my email and let me know, first of all, if the product has arrived and if there was an issue with the, the product itself. My only goal with email number one is to get dialogue going. I want them to reply and start dialogue with me, okay? So the email might say, hey, you know, let me know if your product arrived. Also, if you think that my product is anything less than a five-star product, you know, hit reply and let me know why. So there's a couple of reasons for that, right? One. I just mentioned it. I want them to start dialogue with me, right? I want that to there to be that, that open communication because that's going to make them uh, way, way more likely to respond to the uh, second email and the third email. The other reason, Guy, see if you if you know this one, you know, I asked I asked in there, right? The question was, you know, um, let me know if you think um, my product is anything less than a five star product. Why would I want them to respond and and uh, and let me know about that? I think that's just being proactive in solving potential uh, problems that customers may have, and it prevents them from uh, venting by putting a negative review. So you're trying to catch uh, any negativity, address it, and hopefully turn a negative into a positive. Bingo. Exactly. So see, that's super smart, guys. Think about this. If somebody doesn't like the product for whatever reason, right? It's not what they expected. It came broken, whatever the case is. And my first email has a review link, right? Or it has a seller feedback link. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to use that. They're going to vent, right? People are just going to go out and, and complain. But if that's not in the first email and they're upset, they're going to respond and say, hey, the product never arrived or it was broken or this or that, whatever the case might be. And I now have an opportunity to fix it and clear it up with them before that other email gets to them, the second email, 
which is coming three days after this email, right? I want to make sure that it's all resolved so that they're going to actually be happy and leave me something positive. Okay. Now, before we get into email two and three, let me talk about the psychology about this. And Guy, if you, you want to jump in, I know you're really into all the, the psychology stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the whole idea is that once you start, once somebody has uh, some open dialogue with you, the communication is, is, has begun between two people, they're way, way more likely to respond to any further communication, even if it's the next day or three days later or whatever. So I'm going to give an example of this. Okay. And I did this, this is actually an example that I, I posted in the blog site or the blog article we mentioned, but you know, if you're at a convention, right, let's say you want an Amazon convention and um, somebody just walks up to you and says, Hey, how you doing? You know, are you enjoying this conference? You're going to respond to them, right? I mean, you're, you're face to face. It's a little different, but You've responded to them, you exchange names, a lot, you know, some pleasantries, and that's it. Now, imagine that day two or day three of that conference, you happen to run into the same person again. Maybe it's at the hotel bar, maybe it's in the hallway, wherever. Don't you think you're going to be 10 times more likely to initiate a conversation with this person than you would any other person that you've never talked to before? Right? It just makes sense, right? Because in, in that mind, you're, you're in that mindset at this point that you have familiarity, right, Gay? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you know this this stranger, so now you're willing to to talk to them and open up. It's in a way, it's it's like a micro commitment by engaging into that conversation or in the follow up. You've com- partially committed to the to the conversation. Right, exactly. So so that's what the first email's for. That's it. That's my only purpose for it. Uh, the second email is going to ask for the review. Now, hopefully they've responded to the first email and I get a lot of, a lot of emails, right? a lot of people respond. So you have to have a, a VA or somebody that's on it, right? Responding or clicking that little button that says, you know, no response needed because you're gonna get tons and tons of customer uh, feedback. Even if it's simply them saying, um, yes, the product arrived. Yeah, I get a lot of those, right? Yes, the product has arrived, thank you. Um, so be prepared for that. Uh, the second email, ask for the review. And I keep all my emails super short, guys. You don't wanna write novels, nobody's gonna, if, nobody's gonna read those. If they click into an email and it's you know, 20 lines of text, forget about it, you've lost them. So keep it super short. The second one, ask for a quick review. I say, hey, can I borrow 10 seconds of your time, five seconds, I just need you to click the link below and, and leave me a review on my product. Those aren't the exact words I use, um, but that you, you get the idea. You're going to keep it very, very quick, very simple and get them to actually leave you a review. Uh-oh, I just lost Guy, guys. Looks like we're having some technical issues with Skype. So he's gone. I'm going to finish up uh, what I was saying here and uh, we'll get Guy back on uh, the next episode. But uh, for the second email, guys, I just ask or I ask for a, a review. Okay, I say it in a very quick and nice way. Um, like I said, none of my emails are long and uh, people don't want to read novels, so keep it short. Uh, sometimes I will flip the second email and the third email in terms of whether I ask for a review first or a seller feedback first. So um, you're going to play with it and see what works for you, but that's the way I typically do it. My third email, um, I ask them for a seller review or seller feedback. So I want them to leave me um, some seller feedback, and I include uh, one sentence. That's it, guys. That explains the difference between the product review that I previously asked for and what seller feedback is. And I provide the link. And then in the, at the very end, I have a little PS that has a token in there that shows what they bought. Because a lot of times people forget what it is that they purchased. And if you're one of several different sellers that are, are emailing them, you wanna make sure that you're referencing uh, what it is that you're actually asking them to review. So that's it, guys. 
I'll, I'll sometimes, like I said, flip those three or number two and number three. It just depends on the product and, and what's going on. And sometimes I won't even ask uh, for a seller feedback. Think about it. Keep it short. Send those out. You should be fine. And I get tons of reviews. You know, all my products have over a thousand reviews. My seller feedback is now over 1,700 seller feedback uh, ratings. So it works. You've got to be diligent and uh, send out short emails and use creative subjects, by the way, guys. Don't use you know, your standard stuff. Think about what you would open. What would it take for you to click on an email? If they're not even opening your email, you don't even have a chance, right? So think of a, a real short subject that grabs their attention, whatever that might be. Something short that they go, hmm, I wonder what this is, okay? That's it, guys. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.